Welcome to the Frankly Judaic Podcast, a production of the Jean and Samuel Frankel Center for Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan. I'm Jeffrey Weidlinger, the director of the center. This podcast explores some of the newest research being conducted at the University of Michigan in Judaic Studies. And here's your host, Jeremy Shear. Before the creation of the Hebrew Bible, Jews living during the time of the Second Temple, from around the 3rd century BCE to the 1st century CE, still read and interpreted sacred writings. In her new book, The Literary Imagination in Jewish Antiquity, Ava Merchek, an assistant professor at the University of California, Davis, and a fellow at the Frankel Institute for Advanced Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan, explores how ancient Jews read the books, stories, and poetry that eventually became the Hebrew Bible. By studying the diversity of literature that ancient Jewish communities regarded as sacred, Merchik's work helps us understand how the different parts of the Bible were put together to become the sacred scripture and, at the same time, why some of those writings were left out of the Bible. The answer, she explains, can be found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. So the Dead Sea Scrolls are a corpus of about 1,000 manuscripts that were found by the shores of the Dead Sea uh, in the late 1940s. And among the scrolls, uh, we have not only all of the texts that are now part of the Hebrew Bible, but we know that they were not yet fixed. They existed in many versions side by side. For example, there are two versions of the book of Jeremiah. There are many different uh, manuscripts of different collections of Psalms. So the books of the Hebrew Bible didn't look like they do today. But besides that, we also found uh, many other texts that seem to be almost as important or just as important as the texts that are now in the Bible that were being read and copied by the communities of the time. For example, the books of Enoch. So the books of Enoch are probably some of the most popular and important texts of early Judaism that did not make it into the final canon of the Hebrew Bible. So Enoch was uh, the first, uh, the, the seventh patriarch from Adam, and he gets one line in the book of Genesis, uh, in the genealogy in Genesis 5, and we read that Enoch lived 365 years and then he wasn't. It didn't say that Enoch died. It just said that Enoch wasn't because God took him. Uh, so the Bible actually gives him just one verse. And it seems to suggest that he was somehow taken away. Uh, and in in the literature that's not in the Bible about Enoch, Enoch becomes this figure who gets taken up to heaven by God. And he hangs out there. He talks to angels. And he learns all of the secrets of the universe from the angels. And he's taken on tours of the cosmos. So he sees all the workings of the stars and planets. He learns about how to properly follow the calendar uh, that is cosmically ordained, because the calendar was a really, really important uh, uh, point of contention for, for early Jews. And in this literature, Enoch, this, uh, this figure who gets taken up to heaven, sees all of the secrets of how the cosmos works and how the planets turn. And Enoch is also... a uh, considered the first scribe in early Jewish legends. Um, he is supposed to learn writing from angels themselves, and so he's the first human who learns how to write. And he has to write down the entire history of Israel from creation all the way up to the end. And according to the legends in these texts, he's still up there. He's still writing in Eden, and he's writing down all of the deeds of humanity uh, in, in, these, uh, in this, these secret, sacred books. 
King David is another biblical character whose story is expanded in ancient texts that did not become part of the Bible. In the first and second books of Samuel, David is presented as the slayer of Goliath, as a musician, and as the successor to King Saul. And then, by the time of the first century CE, we've got this amazing manuscript among the Dead Sea Scrolls that describes David as a scribe and a sage who is perfect in all his paths, and he's got this illum- he, he's an, an illuminated being who writes 4,050 songs. So in this text from the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, that we have in a manuscript from the first century, David becomes a completely different figure from the king of the Hebrew Bible. He becomes this ideal scribe who is responsible for thousands and thousands of compositions that he gets through the spirit of prophecy. So David's become a scribe, a writer, a prophet, and a kind of almost angelic and heavenly sage, just like Enoch. So many of these figures take on these much larger lives, and many of them become associated with certain kinds of writing, certain kinds of compositions. Generally, Merchick says, Jews during the Second Temple period read and discussed a much broader group of texts than the ones that ended up in the Hebrew Bible. Even writings that did become part of the Bible took different forms. For example, the Book of Psalms. Psalms were a very popular genre in early Judaism, and there are uh, hundreds of psalms among the Dead Sea Scrolls, but they're not actually in the form of a set book at all. Uh, We see in many... uh, Introductions to the Dead Sea Scrolls, the statement that there were 36 copies of the Book of Psalms at Qumran, but actually there was not a single copy of the Book of Psalms at Qumran. Instead, there were 36 manuscripts that contain collections or single psalms in some form. Uh, so some of these 36 only had one psalm. Some of them had four. Some some manuscripts might have had 10 or even 50, uh, but These were in a very different order from the biblical book of Psalms that we now have, and there is not a single manuscript that actually represents anything close uh, to uh, the book of Psalms that is now in the Bible. To be clear, Merchick says, many versions of the texts found in the Dead Sea Scrolls look identical to the versions that are in the Bible, but there were also many other versions of those writings. Several different forms of Exodus, different forms of Jeremiah, certainly many different collections of Psalms existed side by side, were copied and kept, uh, and and were found in the same caves. So it didn't seem as if uh, anybody was really bothered that the text of these uh, that that the text of Scripture existed in different forms. So it's not just that biblical books existed in different forms; it's that there was a much larger library of sacred literature that people were reading and copying and using than just what we have today. And also, it's not just that they were reading biblical texts plus a lot of other things. It's that that distinction between biblical and non-biblical didn't exist yet because the Bible hadn't yet been invented. One of the most interesting books popular among readers of what came to be known as the Dead Sea Scrolls, but that did not end up in the Bible, is the Book of Jubilees. So when you first look at the Book of Jubilees, it looks like uh, it, it, it's, it's a text that a lot of scholars have called rewritten Bible uh, because it uses the text of Genesis and Exodus as a kind of basis to write a whole new story. And it's a whole new story about Moses and what he heard on Mount Sinai. Uh, and it retells the entire history of Israel uh, in a different way. 
Uh, and one of the things that, that Jubilees finds really important is this idea that the history of Israel is tied very closely together with the history of Israel's writing. So all of the main characters, all of the heroes of, uh, of Israel's past really become scribes. So it's not just Moses who's writing things down, who's being dictated to by an angel on Mount Sinai, but almost everybody from uh, Enoch to Noah and Abraham and Jacob, all of these figures get some kind of written revelation that they have to write down and pass down through the ages. And these books that the Book of Jubilees describes, they're not the Bible. They're not what we find in the Hebrew Bible today. These texts that are described there are a whole other imagined legendary library of texts. So we've got this tale of the ancestral heroes, the, an the ancestors of Israel, um, who are all part of this much older story of written revelation that the writer of the Book of Jubilees is imagining. So the Book of Jubilees isn't just some uh, piece of biblical interpretation. It's not just some kind of new version of the biblical story. It's a whole new legend about how people in the Hellenistic period, how early Jews were imagining the history of their own literature. And the history of their own literature goes back all the way back to Enoch, and it goes through all of the patriarchs of Israel all the way down. So Moses is a kind of latecomer. Moses, uh, according to the legends of, of people who are putting this literature together, he's, he's a kind of parvenu. He, uh, he's certainly not the first writer, and he's certainly not the last. The Dead Sea Scrolls remind us, Merchik says, that the Bible is a snapshot of how a particular community at a particular time chose to piece together their shared history. This reminds us that, that the Bible hasn't always been the Bible, and that we can look back and see a much richer variety of the way that Jews understood and thought about scripture that goes far beyond the Bible that we now have. Thanks for listening to the Frankly Judaic podcast, a production of the Frankel Institute for Advanced Judaic Studies at the University of Michigan.